Okay. So. So what? Here's the thing. I, so here's the thing. So buttons. That's what my mom would say. No, that's what Michael says. And <laughs> it's... He cuts me off before I can even get to the sentence. And he just goes, buttons. And ugh. <laughs> I'm about to switch to a 100% zipper household. Um, so. We celebrated over the weekend mm-hmm. our Haley, you might have to help me out with this. Friend anniversary. Our fifth friend anniversary though, right? Was it fifth? I, I believe it was fifth. I don't know. Facebook tells us the year, we just know. Okay. Um, but we have been we've been buddies, we've been gal pals yep. for five years. So to celebrate, because five is a big number. Um mm-hmm. like I think first anniversary is the paper anniversary. And then it goes on and on and on. Five, I believe, is the podcast anniversary. It's the two-parter anniversary. It is the two-parter anniversary. So so we can celebrate, so you guys get to celebrate with us. We are doing two parts yes. for this episode. Which we've done both, before, but this one's special. Yes, because both of them are coming out this week. Woo! You get Yay. an extra Spooktober episode, guys. I know, I was going to say, we thought Spooktober was over, but nay. No, Never. Mm-mm. It lives forever in our hearts. And in my therapist's writing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right in her notes. But yes. So what are we talking about this week? Because it's it's going to be a, a big one. We teased yes, it last week. It's a huge one. Yeah. Um, which is why it has to be two parts. Because it is on Casey Anthony. Ooh. I know. Yeah. I know. You know, I used, I used to always get her mixed up with uh, Jodi Arias. Yeah, no, no me reason. too. Because it was no, because it was around the same time. Was it really? They were like white ladies, and it was in the early two or the late two thousands, early twenty tens. And no, I completely, I'm with you. Okay, two I white just, brunette ladies. I'm not crazy. No, you're not crazy. I used to do the same thing. But this but, is the this is the the sad one with the kid. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I was about to say that was a sad one too, but I was like, but it was no, it, there was no kid involved. So I guess if we had to pick a winner of which one is the most sad, it's not like it's a competition or anything. But when there's a kid involved, Absolutely it's not. extra sad, right? So, where do we begin? I was about to say buttons, but I refrained. Um, Good. So we begin. So I'm going to preface this with: there is a lot of stuff I'm not mentioning, not because. I've overlooked it, but because there's too much information and we can't do a three-parter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so, this is bad enough. It, we're going to cover the bulk of the case, but not yes. every single fucking detail. So right. if you want to do your own research into it, there is so many resources, and we will link a couple on the website, but there's so many different places you can find uh, more information we'll mention i'm sure caitlin has documentaries and books and oh girl all that, all that stuff so oh, go to those resources girl. that we talk about like i don't think you even know like yeah. i think you think you know but like you said, don't this is know. a big case Th- this one is i kid you not it's fucking huge just because of it- it's a clusterfuck yeah it's, it's a true whole ass clusterfuck so. But Continue. shall we get into it? Yes. All right. So like I said, we're going to skip a bunch of stuff. We're not really going to go into Casey's background yet. 
but we're going to start, I guess, like, I guess where it all began is where I, is what I can Where our as. actual story begins, yeah. Yes. Um, and that would be Kaylee Anthony. Um, so on August 9th, 2005, Casey Anthony gave birth to her daughter, Kaylee Marie Anthony, at the age of 19. Obviously, I'm just going to say this now. We'll get to a bit of it later. Kaylee has has a dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's pretty apparent. But his identity has never been made public. Interesting. So, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. And honestly, based on how all of this went, I don't really blame him for no, not coming forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, of course, there's always a chance that he did not want to be involved in her life. But either way, I do not blame him for after everything out goes down. Yeah. Yes. But anyway, when like a few years later on June 16, 2008, Kaylee was seen alive for the final time. According to Casey, she had dropped her daughter off at the home of Kaylee's babysitter named Zaneda Fernandez Gonzalez, who they mm-hmm. affectionately referred to as Zanny the Nanny. And okay. when she returned to pick her up, neither Kaylee nor Zanny were at Zanny's apartment. Mm. So after Kaylee's disappearance, the car Casey had been using was towed after being found abandoned by a dumpster in front of an Orlando cash advance business. So when the towing company called Casey's parents because the car was registered to them and their names are Cindy and George Anthony, we'll talk about them quite a bit. Mm hmm. Um, they got concerned. They were worried about where Casey was, where Kaylee was, why the car was abandoned. But Casey reportedly told her mom that she was on slash going on a mini vacation to Jacksonville, Florida to with Kaylee to stay with a very wealthy boyfriend. Hmm. However. So, so wait, oh, Casey, Casey and Kaylee didn't live at home with her, her parents. They live she had like her own apartment because she wasn't living with the the father right she she had a roommate oh okay but they were over there a lot like kaylee had a room at her grandparents house um they stayed over things like that but she did have a roommate and we'll get to him later okay so despite this cindy anthony later discovered that casey was so first she said it was a mini vacation and then cindy discovered that it was a boyfriend and then soon after cindy will discover that she was not doing that okay (laughs) she was doing neither of those things all right um so kaylee was not reported missing until nearly a month after her disappearance on july 15 2008 when casey's mother felt that something was wrong and contacted florida law enforcement Cindy called 911 and said, quote, I found my granddaughter has been taken. She has been missing for a month, end quote. Um, Overall, she placed three calls to 911. And in one of these calls, Cindy also said, quote, I found my daughter's car today and it smelled like there's been a dead body in the damn car, end quote. Ooh. Yeah. So the following day on July 16th, 2008, Anthony was arrested for child neglect and it was only at this point that she told the cops that Zanny the nanny had taken Kaylee. Casey mm. allegedly told both her family and the police that she had been conducting her own investigation in the months since she saw her. Um, however, 
part of this vacation, I guess, or, or a part of this investigation, I guess, um, Freudian slip. She was going out and partying, participating in wet t-shirt contests, oh, getting well. drunk. And like, that's, granted, that's where you start looking for a three-year-old, right? At a bar. Yep. Just the first place they're going to go. Toddlers. They love to get drunk. Um, yeah. So she that and she went and got a tattoo and like was oh yeah i heard about the tattoo and we'll we'll get into the tattoo we'll get into <laughs> all of this but just to like give some some background on what her investigation appeared to consist of yeah um which was not that had not been made the police were not aware of that as of yet right now they're just okay. hearing her say i've been conducting my own investigation and they have no reason not to believe her but also stupid Oh, like yeah, stupid, what, but 21? also she's 22. Oh, yeah. she's 22, yeah. Exactly. Like, I, nobody's smart at 22, and for our 22-year-old listeners who are taking offense, it's okay. Everybody's a little bit stupid. And we were all 22. And Yeah. Yeah. Taylor Swift was 22. Look how that turned out. Yeah. Um, And that's not what I mean. I'm not taking a stance. Please, nobody, I know she's got a very, very, very devoted team. Please do not come for me. <laughs> I don't need that. Um, so the following day, she gets arrested and Casey says that the, the nanny story. But then the police, she went with them. She took them to her apartment. Mm -hmm. And this is when they started to find conflicts with her story. Yeah. And one of these conflicts was they go to the apartment and the property manager whatever you want to call them apartment manager mm -hmm. um said that the apartment in question had been vacant for nearly five months oh kaylee has been missing a month yeah so it it's not it's not looking great yes cindy anthony then immediately retracted the statement that she made or statements that she made in the 911 call and the anthony family immediately rallied around casey and tried to find kaylee search parties were deployed uh -huh. um like they were their family was like we gotta help casey we've gotta help kaylee but the police were like mm, okay we're gonna keep looking into casey though and yeah. that they did on July 17, 2008, officers searched the Anthony family car and Jerris, the German Shepherd cadaver dog, oh. I know, picked up the scent of human decomp and another cadaver dog named Bones, aptly named, Ooh. also two puns, one dog, um, also signaled decomp in the Anthony's backyard during a search. Ooh. Remember that. Remember Bones. Okay. Now. I know that we have discussed service dogs such as these where they're cadaver dogs in the past. Um, we Like during a similar case, our Madeline McCann episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've talked about this. They're seen as, they. T this can be unreliable, yeah. although nothing's they are reliable. Very, very... Nothing's reliable unless there's an actual body. Right. But like, they are still, I need, to, I need to put that out there that they are very, very, very good boys and girls. Yes. Okay. However... That is not the case here, at least for Jairus. Okay. Because in a bond hearing for Casey on July 22nd, 2008, the officials said that she was a person of interest in her daughter's disappearance and that they were treating the case as a potential homicide. Mm. 
And detectives also revealed that they had found strands of hair that looked like Kaylee's in the trunk of the Anthony family car and that the cadaver dog, Jarrus, smelled human decomp in the trunk. Mm-hmm. So he smelled it and then they found evidence of Kaylee being in the trunk. Ooh. He smelled it. He dealt it. You don't really it. just like put a kid just to hang out in the trunk. No. So I did. The only time nefarious. I've ever done that was with my friend Matt Scripter in college. And we just kind of put him in the trunk and drove away. Um, and he, sometimes, he was fine. Sometimes in college you need to put somebody in a trunk. But exactly. You well, no, we didn't need to. We didn't need to. But just he was he was a more than willing participant. So hi, Matt. Um, so. Casey's bail was set at 500000 and coincidentally, Cindy told reporters after she was put on, after her bail was put up, that Kaylee was spotted in Georgia two days after the bond hearing on July 24th, but the police were not able to verify that claim. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that the family is doing, like, their own, like, CSI work. Not even that, that... Two days after Casey is said to be a person of interest in the case, Cindy just goes, oh, well, you know, somebody told us that they saw Kaylee in Georgia. Yeah. Like, I know there are people who would do anything for their kids, but come the fuck on, Cindy. We don't lie. Friends don't lie. So then... Especially when it's like this. And I... Yeah, this is... Not it, lying isn't going to help Kaylee, and that's the person we need to help here. Yeah, like I know you want to protect your daughter and everything, but your granddaughter is missing. Right. Right. Yeah. So on August 21st, Casey posted bail after a veteran bounty hunter slash reality TV show star named Leonard Padilla claimed okay. he had been contacted by Casey and then posted her bond. The next day, on August 22nd, I just, I, I love that a reality star somehow finds his way into this. Um, yeah. But anyway, so the next day, on August 22nd, authorities announced that an air sample taken from Casey's car indicated that there were, at one point, human remains in the trunk. So Jairus was correct. Because how he's long, a good heckin' boy. How long can you test for an air sample? I mean, I, I don't know the exact process, but I'm assuming... It's similar to DNA in that things get backed up. No, I mean, like, from from the moment that she was in the oh. car, allegedly, and then you take the air sample, how long does that stick around for? I don't know. I'm assuming that there are some kind of particles. Like, like if you can smell it, then there have to be particles. I guess. I don't know. That's what I'm assuming. That seems crazy. I didn't know that that was a thing that could happen. Yeah, I won't be keeping dead bodies in my trunk now. I'll find another place to put them. Nope. No mas. So a little over a week after her bond was posted, Casey found herself in jail again. Uh, But this time for a string of new charges, including petty theft. And can you hear my neighbor's garage door opening? Because I sure can. (laughs) There's no quiet place anymore. Speaking of bodies I'm going to put in my trunk... (laughs) Um, I can't do that because it's a mother of at least four small children. Oh, all right. Um, all right. At least four. So a little over a week after her bond was posted, she's in jail again. Petty theft is one of the charges. 
And mm-hmm. on September 1st, two days after Casey's arrest, the Orange County Sheriff's Office issued a statement saying that based on evidence that wasn't yet public, as, blah, blah, as well as, blah, 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 um, I can't speak, it's fine, as well as FBI tests, they believed, quote, there is a strong pos- probability that Kaylee is deceased, end quote. Mm. Casey was then released on bail five days later, thanks to not Leonard Padilla, but her parents. Okay. So here's where things get interesting. On September 25th, guess who resurfaces? Tell me. Fucking Zanny the Nanny. Ooh. Who was by no means pleased by these accusations that she kidnapped and possibly killed Kaylee. Yeah. So she comes back to file a defamation suit against Casey Anthony. (laughs) Yeah, I would too. Be like, don't fucking tell me that I stole your kid i'm filing a lawsuit against my neighbors who keep opening and closing their garage door good please hold thank you um so then casey decides that she missed the five-star meals that they serve in jail and decided to get arrested again oh my god (laughs) so that happened on September 30th, and she faced multiple charges, including child neglect, lying to investigators, petty theft, and using a forged check. Mm. Um, just batting a thousand. Yeah. So none of these charges, though, were related to Kaylee's disappearance. However, two days later, authorities announced that Casey was a suspect in Kaylee's disappearance and a grand jury indicted her on charges of capital murder, aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter, and providing false information to law enforcement on mm. October 14th, 2008. All right. So, she pled not guilty. And on October 24th, the police found further evidence of human decomp, along with traces of chloroform in Casey's car. So, Jarris came the fuck through. But no, not a good sign. Um, so on December 11th, 2008, um, oh, that's my anniversary. Not Mm. yet. I didn't know it then in 2008. I was but a wee eighth grader, but still, or ninth grader, but still, um, a human skull found by a utility company meter reader named Roy Cronk, who has the best name in a wooded area, half a mile from the Anthony family's home and 19 feet away from the road. Mm -hmm. So that's found. Yeah. And Kronk initially called the police about the skull when he first found it in August 2008, reporting to the police what, quote, looked like a human skull, end quote, at the location. But according to People, Kronk later testified that an officer, quote, berated me for a half hour for wasting his time, end quote, after not seeing the skull, period. Wow. Yes, but I also, I wish I could do Kronk's voice because... I just keep picturing Patrick Warburton saying these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But when Kronk returned in December, he said that he inserted... Now, here's the thing. He inserted a stick in the right eye socket of the skull and, quote, pivoted it back and forth, then called the police to report it again. Because apparently Kronk is six. I mean, I don't want to touch it. No, but it wasn't like... He knew it was a skull. He was just, like, fucking around with it. Mm, yeah, I guess. You don't do that. You don't... You don't... Don't play with it. Don't play with a skull. 
Creepy. Um, and Kronk later, he did say, quote, I apologize for doing so. I did not know what it was. I never lifted it off the ground. That was a very horrific thing for me to find, obviously, end quote. I mean, you can get one of those like little flags. You know how they like yep. they put the little flags on your lawn when they're like he, dogs don't yeah, walk on the lawn. Yeah, he's a fucking meter reader. Yeah. So he's got put, those flags. Yeah. Put one of those flags next to it and then tell the officer, hey, go look for the flag. It's right over yep. there. Yep. But no. <sighs> Florida, man. But no. Sorry, Florida. I but. know. It, I know. I know. There are some good ones. We have some listeners who prove that there are some good ones. Yeah. Um. But so, yes. So according to the detectives, crime scene evidence included residue of a heart-shaped sticker found on duct tape over the mouth of the skull. However, the laboratory was not able to capture a heart-shaped photo- photographically after some duct tape was subjected to dye testing. Mm, Furthermore... Okay. A blanket found at the crime scene matched Kaylee's bedding at her grandparents' home. It was a Winnie the Pooh blanket. Aww. The following day, I know, like, God. Yeah. Um, so the following day, police spokesman Carlos Padilla, no known relation to Leonard the Bounty Hunter, told ABC News police were somewhat confident that the remains belonged to Kaylee Anthony. Mm-hmm. So, furthermore, Casey's defense team motioned not once, but twice, and were denied not once, but twice, mm-hmm. access to the area where the bones were found. So, in just over a week, on December 19th, law enforcement was able to confirm via DNA testing that the remains were Kaylee Anthony. So, just over a month later, on January 22nd, 2009, the Anthony family's then lawyer, Brad Conway, called the police and reported George Anthony missing, mm. Casey's dad. Okay. In his 911 call, Conway said George, quote, has taken several bottles of medication from the house as well as some pictures, end quote. Oh. Yeah. We all know what that means. And sure enough, the next day, Florida police discovered a distraught George Anthony, possibly under the influence of medication and alcohol, in a Daytona Beach, Florida hotel, and his attorney was just like, told you. So he released a statement to ABC News. Um, A suicide note was also discovered. He Mm -hmm. wrote it in the hotel. It was five pages. Wow. And I'm going to read it. Ooh. Cynthia Marie, as you get this letter, this should be no surprise that I have decided to leave the earth because I need to be with Kaylee Marie. I cannot keep going on because it should be me that has gone from this earth, not her. I have lived many years. I am satisfied with my decision because I have never been the man you, Lee, Casey, and especially Kaylee Marie deserved. I have never been the man any of you could count on. I have always let each of you down in more ways than I could remember. I do not feel sorry for myself. I am just sorry I burden all of you the way I have. My loss of life is meaningless. I cannot be strong anymore. Kaylee Marie, our granddaughter, I miss her. I miss her so much. I know you do too. You were always the one that provided for her. What did I provide? I blamed myself for her being gone. You know, for months, as a matter of fact, for a year or so, I brought stuff up only to be told not to be negative. I sit here falling apart because I should have done more. She was so close to home. Why was she there? Who placed her there? Why is she gone? Why? For months, you and I, especially you, always questioned why. I want this to go away for Casey. What happened? Why could she not come to us? Especially you. Why not Lee? 
Who is involved with this stuff for Kaylee? I am going crazy because I want to go after these people Casey hung with prior to being Kaylee being gone. That is why I got that gun. I wanted to scare these people. You know, they told they know more than they have stated. You cannot sugarcoat kid glove these people. I don't know why he wrote kid glove, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they need hard knocks to get info from. Sure, that will not bring Kaylee Marie back, but was Casey threatened? You know, Casey does not deserve to be where she is. I miss her. I miss her so much. I am worried for her. Her personal safety is always on my mind. I cannot function knowing our granddaughter is gone. Kaylee Marie never had a chance to grow. I have taken what meds was given to me with alcohol and I am ready to give up. As you can tell by my writing and thinking, I am getting very stupid. Wow. What a word. All caps. Stupid. Yes, I am. Again, I do not feel sorry for myself, but yes, I am, all caps, stupid. Cannot deal with stuff anymore. The loss of Kaylee Marie, the loss of Casey, the loss of us, Cynthia Marie, the meds, I am ready. Saying goodbye, please understand it is for the best. I do not deserve life anymore, anymore us. You know, I never got to say goodbye. I am at this place and all is getting fuzzy and my writing is all over the place. I love you, I love you. I hope you get to see Casey soon. All the people we met, wow, the writing is getting weird. I love you. I am sorry. I will take care of Kaylee once I get to God. I am so tired. At least I shaved today. Wow, I'm tripping out. I am sorry. I love you, Cynthia Marie. Kaylee, here I come. That's heartbreaking. Yes. And please remember that. Yeah, it's, it's like... I know none of the evidence has really like come up yet. And what a lot of people might know about this case is that Casey Anthony is strongly believed to be the one uh, that killed Kaylee. But um, like, like we said, none of that evidence has come up yet, but the fact that he's still defending Casey in that letter and saying that like, it's not her fault. She doesn't deserve to be where she's at. Um, obviously going to make it so much worse when he starts hearing all of the details of right what happened in Kaylee's last days right that and that he blames himself as the patriarch of the family uh, yeah. that's crazy i know that's like uh i mean her remains were found very close to home which obviously has to be incredibly hard to deal with that you feel like you were so close and Maybe you could have done something, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, there's nothing I to say to somebody, I mean, that I'm not a professional. There's nothing to say to somebody that's just like, it's not your fault, but it's not your fault. Right. <laughs> you couldn't have done anything. Right. I don't know. And No, and we'll get to that too, because you can also tell how much not only he loved Kaylee, but how much he yeah, loves. Yeah, clearly his daughter and his family. Um, But yes, so George was taken to Halifax hospital for a psychiatric evaluation and was later released. Mm -hmm. So on April 13th, 2009 prosecutors announced that they would seek the death penalty, which came as a surprise because back in December, the state's attorney's office filed court papers indicating that prosecutors would not be seeking the death penalty in connection with the first degree murder case. Mm-hmm. But then on April 20th, 2010, Judge Dan Strickland, Stan Strickland, the original judge assigned to preside over the case, 
recused himself after the defense claimed he was biased against Casey. So we've jumped up a year. Um, but in order in the order written to recuse himself, Judge Strickland says, quote, over the past 20 plus months in between media interviews, guest appearances on television shows and press conferences, defense counsel has filed a litany of motions. At its core, the defense counsel's motion accuses the undersigned of being a, quote, self-aggrandizing media hound, end quote. Mm. Indeed, the irony is rich, end quote. All right. So he just fucking blasted them, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, we, we stand stan. Mm-hmm. So Judge Strickland was then replaced by Orange County Chief Judge Belvin Perry Jr. So on May 9th, 2011, so we've jumped ahead about another year, the jury selection began in Clearwater, Florida, and they did this instead of in Orlando in the hopes of finding a jury pool that had been untainted by the massive amount of media attention the case was getting. Yeah, that's that's a problem. I think that's going to happen more and more uh-huh. because the media reports on things immediately and mm-hmm. kind of sways it one way or the other. And then everybody and who sees it everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Like and they had to do that. Remember when we talked about the Bernie case? Yeah. They had to do that, too, because it was a small town. Everyone kind of knew each other. Yep. And formed their and, own opinions. Yep. Yeah. But um. So it was already pretty a pretty small jury pool because of that. Yeah. But then the pool of jurors continued to shrink as Judge Perry allowed many of them to go home. I actually thought this was quite nice um, for financial and familial reasons because the jury he knew might be sequestered for months. He yeah. didn't know. And that would prevent some jurors from working and taking care of their families. Yeah which I thought was quite a nice thing to do. But, uh, yeah, but that's finally, crazy that that's something that has to happen. Like, I know. you have to sequester the jurors. And for a case that's going to last this long, like, what do you do? Oh, we'll talk about that. So seven women and five men were finally selected. And it, they determined, like, everybody who was doing the case determined the, the trial would be expected to last up to eight weeks. So the jury was told they would be sequestered throughout that time. Mm -hmm. So they'd be out of commission for about two months. Jesus. Yeah. So then the prosecution and defense teams then began delivering their opening statements in an Orlando courthouse on May 24th. In their opening statements, um, first came the prosecutor, um, the lead prosecutor, excuse me, Linda Drain Burdick. And she described the story of the disappearance of Kaylee day by day. Mm-hmm. Prosecutors stated that Anthony used chloroform to render her daughter unconscious before putting duct tape over her nose and mouth to intentionally murder her by suffocation and then left Kaylee's body in the trunk of her car for a few days before disposing of it on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. They described Casey as a party girl who killed her daughter to free herself from her parental responsibility and enjoy her personal life. Meanwhile, the defense, led by Jose Baez, claimed that Kaylee had actually drowned accidentally in the Anthony's family in the Anthony family's pool on June 16th, 2008. So a few months after um like we'll get to it. The timeline is different according mm-hmm. to Baez and was found by George Anthony who told Casey that she would spend the rest of her life in jail for child neglect 
and then proceeded to take the reins and help Kaylee, I mean, Casey cover up Kaylee's death. Oh. Yes. Baez argued that this is why Casey went on with her life and partied and got the tattoo and all of that stuff and did not report the incident for 31 days. He Mm. then drops a bombshell. He says Casey's behavior after Kaylee's disappearance, lying to her friends and family about her daughter's whereabouts, about her whereabouts, partying hard at local clubs, like making changes to her body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. were the direct result of a lifetime habit of Casey's lying to hide her pain and pretending nothing was wrong. Mm. Because, Baez claimed, she had been sexually abused by George Anthony since she was eight years old. Yeah, that's the real kicker is that even in his suicide note, he was defending her and then she goes ahead and alleges this bullshit. Oh, she doesn't throw just George under the fucking bus. Furthermore, Baez alleged that Casey's brother Lee had also made advances toward her. And to the point that people were wondering if he was the father of Kaylee. Oh, God. Yeah. So, Baez also questioned whether Kronk, the meter reader, had actually removed the bones from another location and put them in this spot, and further alleged that the police department's investigation was compromised by their desire to feed a media frenzy about a child's murder rather than a more mundane, boring, run-of-the-mill drowning. Yeah. However, Baez did admit, because he had no fucking choice, that Casey had lied about there being a nanny named Zeneda Fernandez-Gonzalez, calling her a fictitious person, mm-hmm. end quote. So Burdick, as the first witness for the prosecution, called George Anthony to the stand. And in response to Baez's claims, he denied having sexually abused his daughter, as well as helping her with hiding a body. Yeah. Um, George testified he did not smell anything resembling human decomp in Casey's car when she visited him on June 24th, but he did smell something similar to human decomp when he picked the car up when it was impounded on July 15th. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, he said that the theory that he discovered Kaylee's body and helped Casey cover it up, not only was it false, but he talked about in his testimony at one point he had these gas cans that disappeared from his shed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Later, he confronted Casey about them, saying, hey, did you take these? And she took them out of the trunk of her car and returned them to him. And this happened about a week after Kaylee was last seen. Mm. But allegedly, before anyone in the family realized that she was even missing, and Casey Anthony's former boyfriend, whose name is also Anthony, Tony Lazaro, um... He testified about the gas cans, saying that he actually helped her break into the shed to take them. All right. But here's the big thing about the gas cans. So before they were taken, George said he put a relatively rare or uncommon brand of duct tape on one of the gas cans. And according to him, the cans that Casey returned had no duct tape on them. The prosecution then revealed that this type of duct tape was the exact same kind found covering Kaylee's mouth when her remains were discovered six months later. Ooh. Yes. What the fuck is a rare kind of duct tape? No, not like rare as in like a collector's item, but just like not a common brand. Not duct tape. Like duct not tape. The, brand. Not brand oh, name okay. duct tape. Yes. Okay. Like a different brand. 
So upon cross-examination, uh, Baez came to George and, like the asshole he is, asked George about his suicide attempt. Ugh. George completely broke down on the stand. He admitted that he attempted to take his own life. And I'm trying to stay. What's the word? Like, not biased, but yeah. Casey didn't even fucking react while her dad was audibly sobbing with his head in his hands on the stand. Yeah, she's fucking psychotic. She's a stone-cold bitch. Yeah. Um, Cindy Anthony was also briefly called to the stand, and she testified that her comment to 911 that Casey's car smelled like, quote, someone died, uh, was just a, quote, figure of speech. So... It's the one I've never heard before. It's a new one. I mean, I've heard it, but it's normally like... Not when you're talking about a missing person. Exactly. It's more like when you're talking about a boys' college dorm. Um, Yes. So, Baez then later asked an FBI analyst about the paternity test the FBI conducted to see if Lee was Kaylee's father. And the analyst told the jury that the test came back negative. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But that seed was still planted. Yeah. So later on in the trial, the jurors were played a tape of a police interview with an Orange County Sheriff Sergeant and two detectives. The interview was... I can't speak. Um, It was conducted on July 16th, 2008, during which, under intense questioning, Casey admitted that she had purposely misled investigators attempting to find Kaylee, but was adamant that her daughter was kidnapped by Zanny the Nanny. The interview took place in a conference room at Universal Studios where Casey had claimed she was employed as an event planner. But after the officers had accompanied her there, she had to confess that she actually no longer worked there. And we'll get into that. So in the interview, investigators begged Casey to tell the truth about what happened to Kaylee, with Detective Yuri Melik saying, quote, none of us are sitting here believing what you're saying because everything that's coming out of your mouth is a lie. Everything. And unless we start getting the truth, we're going to announce two possibilities with Kaylee. Either you gave Kaylee to someone that you don't want anyone to find out because you think you're a bad mom, or something happened to Kaylee and Kaylee's buried somewhere or in a trash can somewhere, and you had something to do with it. Either and this way, is before they they found her her remains. Yes. Either okay. way, right now it's not a very pretty picture to be painting. End quote. Yes, this is way before. This is the day she gets arrested. July 16th. She's found, the remains are found first in August and then officially found in December. Got it. We're jumping timelines here. Yes. Okay. So later on, when, like, saying, they asked her whether Gonzalez accepted money to babysit Kaylee. Uh Uh-huh. Anthony said, quote, I would not have sold my daughter if I wanted to really get, just get rid of her. I would have left her with my parents and I would have left. I would have moved out. I would have given my mom custody, end quote. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's fun. So I mean, that's that's preferred to murder. But why do I feel like she's thinking of that in retrospect? Yeah, um, right. She's like, "Oh, wait, I could have done that." Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh you were <shit>. right. <laughs> I could have kept that expensive duct tape. Oh, I should have um, thought about it for more than 7 seconds. <sighs> but yeah, so it was also that day er, er, that those tapes were recorded that Casey was arrested, like I said before, mm-hmm. for the suspicion of giving p- 
police false information, obstructing an investigation and child neglect after the authorities failed to find Gonzalez in a database of Florida driver's license. Mm. Burdick asked Melick, did you ever locate the Zaneda Gonzalez Fernandez or or Zaneda Fernandez Gonzalez that Miss Anthony described to you, to which he replied that he hadn't. Mm -hmm. On cross-examination, Baez expressed skepticism. Why? I know the word, I promise. Skepticism (laughs) that Melick did not suspect Anthony at that point of foul play in Kaylee's disappearance. And Melick replied that he didn't, but that he knew Anthony was lying during the interview, saying, quote, I couldn't understand why the mother of a missing child would go to this extent if we're just trying to find her child, end quote. Yeah. Yeah, like true. Yeah, that makes Um, sense. However, he also said that Casey was, quote, adamant that she was telling the truth about Zanny the nanny kidnapping Kaylee. Mm Mm-hmm. So. But, I mean, that's what liars do. They buckle down. Yeah. So, another witness called to testify was a man named Jeff Hopkins, who Casey knew from middle school. During his testimony, he said that her claims of dating him and him introducing her to Zanny the Nanny were lies Mm -hmm. and said his name wasn't even Jeffrey Michael Hopkins. What? Which was the name Anthony had given as a wealthy boyfriend who lived in Jacksonville, Florida with a son named Zachary. Oh, okay. Remember when she, when Kaylee was, yeah. So that's who she said. That's the boyfriend. Okay. Um, so he says he never lived in Jacksonville and that while he once worked at Universal Studios, he did not work there at the same time as Anthony. And uh-huh. Baez asked Hopkins if all of Casey's stories were, quote, one great fiction, to which Hopkins replied, quote, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's starting to sound like that. Uh-huh. She literally cannot say one truth. Yes, but this is the defense attorney asking these things so then you're like all right well then what the fuck is up yeah so then after hopkins took the stand leonard tutor and leonard tutora who was the assistant manager of loss prevention at universal studios he was called to the stand Mm -hmm. and he testified that after he was contacted by authorities investigating kaylee's disappearance he checked the universal studios database and saw that casey had not worked there since 2006 it's two yeah yeah um But even when she worked there, it was not for Universal Studios, but rather for a third-party company that operated on the Universal property called Color Vision. So at no point in time, technically, did she ever work for Universal. Uh, Wow. Tertora also said that the truth came out about this after the authorities went to Universal with Anthony to meet with him. And Anthony directed them to a building that Tertora knew was not an events building. And... Mm-hmm. she is so fucking stupid <laughs> yeah i know did she not think anyone was gonna fucking look into this i don't like, how i don't know easy is it to that's I don't so know. easy to find out that you lied i know like literally <laughs> go on linkedin find a better lie <sighs> it's it's very frustrating oh my god i she's know so dumb i was gonna say i know that i said 22 year olds were dumb but i don't think any of them were this dumb no and I mean, whether she did it or not, I'm I'm prescribing to the thought that she did it. But yeah. uh, whether she did it or not, she's a fucking idiot. I know. Yeah. So, um, Tutora said, quote, Melik began to look around and asked if we were in the events building. 
Miss Anthony looked at me, put her hands in her back pocket, and stated, I don't work here. And oh, quote, my God. Like, what? If I was, like, one of those cops that, like, was with her at the time, I would have just slapped her in the goddamn face and be like, bitch, you're wasting time. It's like, why are you so fucking useless? Like, yes, like, I mean, I can't, and we're, I want to make it clear that we are not laughing at Kaylee being the victim or at Casey no, murdering I'm, her daughter. We're laughing, laughing at the sheer stupidity of Casey. She clearly like, she's did it such because, an, like, she's why just would you lie dumb like this? Bitch. Like, yeah, what? like, you what shouldn't kill your daughter. Happened? You should never kill your children. But also, she clearly did not think anything through. Like, yeah. and she and she thought she was going to get away with it. And the fact that she was dumb enough to think she would get away with it, that is what's so funny. The fucking, the fucking mystery machine Scooby-Doo gang could have figured this out within 30 minutes. Yeah, she sucks. Yes. So then on June 2nd, during the trial, tapes of jail visits between Casey, Lee, and her mother were played for jurors. On July 25th, 2008, it was recorded that Casey tearfully told her brother, quote, if you can speak to the media directly, my concern for me is Kaylee. No one has said for me that I love my daughter, that I want her safety, and that she and the rest of my family is my only concern. All I want is to see her again, to hear her laugh, to hear, to see her smile, and to just be with our family. Nothing else matters to me at this point, end quote. You but then... You fucking thought of that before you fucking murdered your child. Oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. But oh, girl, if you wait. really cared about your kid, you would have gone to the police fucking minute one that you found out that she wasn't where she was supposed to be. Exactly. But. Yeah. So. Then Cindy, her mother, visited later that day and she asked Casey, are you protecting Kaylee? Are you protecting me? To which Casey replied, quote, I'm protecting our family. Yes. Not from anything I've done. End quote. Cindy then asked, quote, is someone threatening us? And after receiving no answer, she asked Casey again, only for Casey to cry and respond, quote, just leave it at that, please, end quote. And then telling Cindy she would write to her to elaborate. Mm -hmm. The prosecution then pointed out that the entire Anthony family was careful about what they discussed, keeping in mind that these conversations were being recorded. Yeah. So after the first tape conversation between Casey and Lee was played, Baez moved for a mistrial, saying Mm -hmm. it damaged his credibility in the eyes of the judge because it's all about him. Yeah. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. I hate him. I like low key. We'll get into it more. I hate him. Yeah. Um, He's one of those like sleazebag lawyers who like puts their like doesn't give a billboard up on the side of the highway and is like oh did you get into an accident if you or a loved one were diagnosed with mesothelioma you could be entitled to compensation like he's one of those yeah so in this conversation lee anthony told his sister that Baez might not pass along messages or information to her if he deemed it not to be in her best interest which is what Baez took issue with yeah However, Judge Perry denied that motion, because I love him, saying Baez should have raised the issue months ago when this evidence was first brought to light. Yeah, do your fucking job. Exactly. He's he's so, he's I love it. He's like, oh, this makes it look like I'm not credible as a lawyer, that I don't do my job. And then it's like, the judge is like, well, if you did your job, yeah, you'd have been able to fight this a long time ago, but exactly. no more, my friend. I, it's just, it's great. 
And it's not like he can get this guy recused now. Um, so on June 6, 2011, forensic expert Arpad Voss testified that the only plausible explanation for the car, uh, for the smell in Anthony's car was the presence of a decomposing human body. Um, mm. Then a couple days later on June 9, 2011, Casey became ill during the trial and Judge Perry called the court into recess for the rest of the day. Very convenient. Mm. But... Obviously, as you can tell, I'm kind of skipping over stuff. Not that I'm skipping, but there's a lot going on with this trial. Yeah. But one key piece of evidence provided by prosecutors was the 700 pages of documents previously released by authorities in an October 2009 just public release. Mm -hmm. And this included records of her Google searches. Oh, God. It was proven that the terms (sighs) neck-breaking... And how to make chloroform and just chloroform were searched for on the Anthony family computer in March 2008. Baez denied these searches being related to Casey allegedly murdering Kaylee. And it was said that the searches were actually a typo. Apparently, (laughs) Casey was actually trying to search how to make chlorophyll. No. (laughs) Like, I get it. No, she's fucking stupid, but we're not going to buy that. Um, like now he's just playing on the, yeah, my client is stupid, but see, she's not so stupid. Like, you know what I mean? You know how when you search the wrong thing, you immediately then go search the right thing. So she searched how to make chloroform and then nothing else. Yeah. Cause the next search would have been how how to to make make chlorophyll. chlorophyll. Exactly. You fucking stupid piece of garbage. Oh no, it gets worse. So... Regarding a photo on the computer of Ricardo Morales, another ex-boyfriend of Casey Anthony's, depicting a poster with the caption, win her over with chloroform, Morales said that the photo was on his MySpace page and that he had never discussed chloroform with Anthony or searched for chloroform on her computer. Uh-huh. It was just a coincidence. Great. On June, Because tw- they were saying, oh, it was him. Uh-huh. Um, so then on June 23rd, Baez called Cindy Anthony to the stand who told jurors it was actually she who had been searching the term chloroform on the family's computer, not Casey. Sure. The prosecution alleged that only Casey could have conducted this search and all of the others because they were conducted at times when she was the only one who would have been home with access to the computer. Mm-hmm. When asked by the prosecutors how, by, when Cindy was asked by the prosecutors how she could have made these internet searches, when employment records show she was at work... Cindy mm-hmm. Anthony said, despite what her work time sheet indicated, she was at home during these time periods because she left from work early during the days in question. She just happened to leave early all of those, those days. those specific days. Yes. To search chloroform. She just had yes. to go home and do that. Yes. I know her name is Cindy, but I feel like she's more of a Jan Brady. Yeah. Um, so on, Octo- on June 25th, I don't know where October came from. Uh, Judge Perry temporarily halted proceedings when the defense filed a motion to determine if Anthony was competent to proceed with the trial, stating that the defense received a privileged communication from their client, which caused them to believe, quote, Ms. Anthony is not competent to aid and assist in her own defense, end quote. Clearly. Hang on. I've got a timer going off because I've got a... Low-key, nobody needs to really know this, but I've had full-body hives for three days, and I am on so many steroids <laughs> right now, I'm going to look like a Schwarzenegger when I'm done. Perfect. Um, so that's telling me that I need to take my other round. But this is more important. Um, but the hives resume. So 
The trial, speaking of resumed, the trial resumed on June 27th when the judge announced that the results of the psychological evaluations showed that Anthony was competent to proceed with the trial. I don't Bias. know about that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. She's a fucking idiot. She, yeah, but idiocy does not mean incompetency in this particular. Okay. Like, if she was crazy, yeah, but she's just dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, she is crazy. No, she's dumb. Yeah. 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 So and and let's not also ignore the fact that Baez is pulling out all the stops here. Yep. Um so on June 30th, the defense called Crystal Holloway, a volunteer in the search for Kaylee, who claimed she had an affair with George Anthony. Uh, uh she said okay. he'd been to her home and that he had texted her, quote, "Just thinking about you. I need you in my life." End quote. She told the defense that George told her Kaylee's death was, quote, an accident that snowballed out of control, end quote. And upon the prosecution's cross-examination, they pointed to her sworn police statement in which she said that George believed it was an accident as opposed Mm -hmm. to definitively knowing that it was. Yeah. Furthermore, Holloway previously reported that George Anthony said, quote, I really believe that it was an accident that just went wrong and Casey tried to cover it up, end quote. All right. She she said he had not told her he was present when the alleged accident occurred. Mm -hmm. During a redirect examination, Baez asked Holloway if George Anthony had privately told her that Kaylee was dead while stating publicly that she was missing, to which she replied yes. In his earlier testimony at the beginning of the trial, George had denied this affair with Holloway saying he only visited her because she was sick at her home and that he sent her the text message because he needed everyone who had helped search for Kaylee in his life. Yeah. So after Holloway's testimony, Judge Perry told jurors that this could be used to impeach George Anthony's credibility, but that it was not proof of how Kaylee died and or was it providing evidence of Casey Anthony's guilt or innocence. Okay. So ultimately... The prosecution rested its case on June 15th after calling 59 witnesses for 70 different testimonies. The defense Mm -hmm. rested its case on June 30th, so about two weeks later, after calling 47 witnesses for 63 different testimonies. Casey was never called to testify. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So closing arguments were heard a few days later on July 3rd and July 4th, 2011. And beforehand, Judge Perry ruled that the defense could argue that a drowning occurred due to reasonable conclusions aided by witness testimony, but that the arguments of sexual abuse would not be permitted because there was no evidence to support the claim that George and Lee had sexually abused Casey. Mm -hmm. He also basically told the prosecution and the defense to play nice and to not, like, come after each other. Hmm. Okay. So he's taking no shit. So, prosecution attorney Jeff Ashton was the first person to address the jury, saying, quote, when you have a child, that child becomes your life. This case is about the clash between that responsibility and the expectations that go with it and the life that Casey Anthony wanted to have, end quote. Mm -hmm. He reminded the jury of the myriad of lies Casey told her parents and others of how the odor in her car's trunk was identified by several witnesses, including her own parents and forensic specialists, as the smell of human decomp, and of the items found in with Kaylee's remains in December 2008. Mm-hmm. 
He emphasized that Casey, quote, maintains her lies until they absolutely cannot be maintained anymore, end quote, and then, quote, replaces them with another lie, end quote, and then he used Zanny the Nanny as an example. Mm-hmm. Ashton also reminded the jury of the items found with Kaylee's remains, including that Winnie the Pooh blanket that matched Kaylee's bedding at her grandparents' home, and also one half of a set of laundry bags with the matching bag being, bag being found at the Anthony's home, mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm, and this was, whew. he said, quote, that bag is Kaylee's coffin, end quote. Ugh. M- yeah, Mike fucking drop. Yeah, that's terrible. He further criticized the defense's theory that Kaylee drowned in the Anthony pool and that Casey and George panicked and covered up the death. Um, He urged the jurors to use their common sense when deciding on a verdict, saying, quote, no one makes an accident look like murder, end quote. Exactly. Yes. So very strong final statement. Yeah. Um, Baez then began the defense's closing remarks by admitting that there were holes in the prosecution's forensic evidence, saying it was based on a, quote, fantasy. He also told the jury that while the prosecution wanted them to see stains and other evidence that did not really exist, they had not proven that the stains in Anthony's car trunk were actually caused by Kaylee's decomposing body and not from a trash bag that had also been found in the trunk. Mm hmm. He added that the prosecutors tried to defame his client and make her look like a slutty liar because their evidence was weak. And he said the theory that Kaylee drowned is, quote, the only explanation that makes sense, end quote, and showed the jurors a photograph of Kaylee opening the sliding glass door leading out to the pool by herself. Mm -hmm. He said that there were no child safety locks in the Anthony's home and that both George and Cindy testified that Kaylee was able to get out of the house easily. Although Cindy testified that Kaylee could not put up the ladder on the side of the pool and climb up, Baez alleged that Cindy may have left the ladder up the night before, saying, quote, She didn't admit to doing so in testimony, but how much guilt would she have knowing it was her that left the ladder up that day? End quote. Jesus. Yeah, what a fucking prick. Yeah, she could um, have left the ladder up. That doesn't mean she did. But she's not saying it because she feels so guilty. You have to keep that in mind. I hate him. I hate him. So Baez also told jurors his biggest fear was that they would base their verdict on emotions instead of evidence, saying, quote, The strategy behind that is, if you hate her, if you think she's a lying, no good slut, then you'll start to look at this evidence in a different light. I told you at the very beginning of this case that this was an accident that snowballed out of control. What made it unique is not what happened, but who it happened to, end quote. Mm-hmm. He explained that Casey's behavior was the result of her dysfunctional familial situation, which, if you remember, is a fucking direct violation of Judge Perry's request. Mm-hmm. Um, and furthermore, at one point as Baez spoke, Ashton could be seen either smiling or laughing or something like that with his hand in front of his mouth. So he could be seen trying to cover it up. Yeah. Which prompted Baez to refer to him as, quote, this laughing guy right here. End quote. Mm-hmm. They're like children. Yeah. Or he he's a child. Um, And it was at that point that the judge called a sidebar conference, then a recess, and then publicly chastised both sides when court resumed, saying both Ashton and Baez had violated his order that neither side should make disparaging remarks about opposing counsel. Mm -hmm. And after both attorneys attorneys apologized like fourth graders, the judge accepted the apologies, but warned that a recurrence would have the offending attorney thrown out of the courtroom. Good. Like, you can't make this shit up. They're children. Yeah, yeah, they are. So then defense attorney Cheney Mason 
followed Baez's closing argument with an additional closing argument. Macy said, quote, or Mason, whoops, um, I'm thinking Cheney and Mason at the same time. <laughs> Mason said, quote, the burden rests on the shoulders of my colleagues at the state attorney's office, end quote. And that means he's referring to proving that Casey committed a crime. Yeah. He said that the jurors were required, whether they liked it or not, to find the defendant not guilty if the state did not adequately prove its case against her and stressed that the burden of proof was on the state and that Casey's decision not to testify did not mean it was an admission of guilt. Okay. Sure, Jan. So Burdick then spoke in the prosecution's rebuttal, and she told jurors that her colleagues and she backed up every claim they made in their opening statement, implying that the defense never really backed up their own opening statement's claims. She reassured the jury that she would never ask them to make a decision based on emotion instead of evidence, and as the defense claimed, like, not and just as the defense claimed because they said Mm -hmm. the whole thing about so anyway you get it you got it you're smart um she says quote my biggest fear is that common sense will be lost in all the rhetoric of this case responses to guilt are oh so predictable what do guilty people do they lie they avoid they run they mislead they divert attention away from themselves and they act like nothing is wrong end quote Mm -hmm. verdict also suggested that the aforementioned garbage bag found in the trunk of casey's car was a decoy put there to keep people from getting suspicious about the smell when she abandoned it in the parking space directly beside a dumpster. Yep. She asks, quote, whose life was better without Kaylee? End quote. And touched on how George and Cindy were so worried about the whereabouts of their daughter and granddaughter in June and July 2008, the same time that Casey was allegedly staying at her boyfriend's apartment while Casey's bo- Kaylee's body was decomposing in the woods. Yeah. Quote, That's the only question you need to answer in considering why Kaylee Marie Anthony was left on the side of the road dead, end quote. Mm -hmm. Burdick then showed the jury a split screen with a photo of Casey partying at a nightclub on one side and on the other side, a close up of a tattoo that Casey got weeks after Kaylee died reading Bella Vita, which means beautiful life. Mm. Mm hmm. Yes. So I think we'll leave it there. Yeah. We'll talk about the aftermath next. Well, not just the aftermath, but like for what those happens who after don't, the trial. What happened? No, well, not just that because we've still got to talk about the verdict and all of that. Yeah, but I think that'll be nice to leave it there. All right, and that is part one of Casey Anthony. Yeah, and so we will have part two on Thursday. Yes, Thursday it is. Thursday it is. So. so in the meantime, you can go to the website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com and all of our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those things, the Patreon. And that's that. So yep. we will see you on Thursday for part two. We don't get to say see you next Tuesday. I forgot about no. this. See you on Thursday. Okay. I guess. I'll take it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye.